Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Nation. It is now 2020. Welcome and Happy New Year. I am LeVar, and of course, I am joined always, well, of course, I'm in the Midwest, uh, where it's a little bit cold. Um, not cold, cold, not as it could be. But uh, of course, always joined me out from the West. It is Mary. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I know. Now, did you have any uh, new? You see, I didn't like. I don't think I mentioned it at all, like last week. But did you have any New Year's resolutions, or any that you broken already? Yes, I have a couple that I've broken. Like one, not to have a resolution, and then two, not to overthink things. So I made a resolution, which broke the first one, and I've already overthought stuff. So there ah, you well. go. I've done my job for the year. And the year's over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got 364 days to go. You know, I I had to think about that today because I'm not the only one that's being thrown off. Um, well, I don't know why I'm thinking that we're already like seven days into January. It feels like it. I think the last two days have pretty much drug along a little bit. But um, we are here. Was it the 3rd of January now? Um, 3rd of January, 2020. Oh, and by the way. PSA. It actually does make a lot of sense. Um, people have been putting the word out about not writing just 20 when you do the date on any important legal documents, which is actually a pretty good idea because you or someone could easily take that and doctor it for be another year. Um, so if you write the date as one. 320, I could turn around and pretty much make it 1-3-2019 to change something, which makes sense. So yes, when you do write out the year, make sure you write it out in full 2020. And by the way, I just want to say, I know people are listening because wasn't it last week when I said that I could hear Barbara Walters in my head <laughs> saying this is 2020? <laughs> That's how it was last week. It could have been a week, two weeks ago. It was like a week or two weeks ago. And shortly after that, Mm -hmm. someone, I guess, at ABC, who probably is listening, um, (laughs) decided to put together for their New Year's Rock and Eve broadcast a montage of Barbara Walters saying, This is 2020. I wish I had thought of it. I technically can take credit for it. But uh, yes, uh, someone was listening out there. So that now means that any great ideas I am not going to share unless I get paid for it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. With that, um, I don't think I have anything else to add at the top of the show. It's been kind of a busy week. It's been kind of a, a 
almost. Even with a short, well, I would say a holiday week, it's kind of throwing a lot of people off because it happened in the middle of the week. So if you work five days a week, you worked on Monday and Tuesday maybe, had Wednesday off for New Year's, and then you went right back on Thursday and Friday. If you took off, I don't know why you chose Friday to come back. Hopefully you took a vacation. (laughs) And I do know someone that did that. Uh, (laughs) Which sucks. But uh, hopefully all of you enjoy the holiday weekend. Uh, Next holiday coming up is the King holiday on the 20th. So three-day weekend. And then, of course, I think the next one after that is not until May. Is it? Are you asking me for that? Oh, I I work at a business that I get a lot more holidays than that. Yeah, I got one. It's St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I Let's get take a off. Lot. Um, <laughs> so we got Martin Luther King, and then the next one I get off is President's Day in February. Really? Yes. You people still? I feel really off. bad because I was like, "You went really?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." I don't think I've gotten that off since I was a kid. I don't get I don't get Casimir Pulaski Day off though. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know out here. <laughs> it's just a regional <laughs> holiday, but I don't get it off either. Say so, that out in Vegas, everybody's like, who? I think like even day. down in some states such as Texas, and I can be wrong. I think I do remember this. I think it's like uh, whatever statehood day that people were off for, whatever it is. I was like, just for the state, yay us, let's have a day off, but. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, but yeah, I think it's you get a little bit more depressed as you get a little bit older because all those days off that you were depend upon you don't get anymore. And uh the kids usually get those which I don't understand why, but that's a rant for a different day. But yeah, I think for me it's like after January, uh really the next official day off is Memorial Day, which is pretty sad. <laughs> that's pretty sad. But what can you do? Welcome to adulthood. <laughs> but um, a lot's been going on uh, since we have last talked to you. Uh, a few stories tonight, just to kind of give you a preview of what's going on tonight. If you haven't read the show uh, synopsis before then, but uh, later this hour, uh, there's an article that came out about vinyl record sales. Uh, we'll explain a little bit about that. Also coming up, the Pope. <laughs> made some news this week a couple of times. Uh, we will talk about that. And then um, also another story that is making the rounds about the school system out in Seattle. Uh, could be a little bit of controversy come Monday, uh, especially if some people have not done something before they go back to school. We'll explain that as well. But the first story that I wanted to kind of get into this evening, um, I leave usually the serious stuff for the top of the show, but this one, I know I read it, made me a little angry. Um, Because too many times we see stories where people who are victims kind of wind up taking the brunt of something that they shouldn't have. Uh, This story came from, and I want to make sure I give credit where credit is due, Uh, the story came from the Huff Post. Uh, It was a great story out this week by Jesslyn Cook, and she talked about a victim 
on Instagram who reported her sexual harasser and instead wound up being banned. I'm not going to read the story word for word, but pretty much the way that the story went was that a British influencer and illustrator, Venus Libido, was at home recovering from a recent surgery when notifications popped up on her phone. Uh, In private messages to her 128,000 follower Instagram account, a stranger has sent her two two photos of his genitals along with the text, enjoy the view. And so at that point, she closed the app, and she figured that if she ignored him, he would probably go away. But moments later, another message appeared, pretty much him uh, calling her a word that we will not repeat here, saying that I know you read it, say something. Now, as an outspoken feminist and mental health advocate, she decided to post screenshots of the man's messages on her Instagram story and page, censoring his genitals and username to call attention to the kind of harassment that women endure daily on the platform. She also blocked and reported him to Instagram. It wasn't long before he contacted her from two newly created accounts to threaten and verbally abuse her. At certain points, he told her to take the pic down, that his girl would see it, and stating that you're done. So she reported him again. A short time later, Instagram, which rolled out a new anti-bullying initiative that same day, told her that the man had not violated its user guidelines and that his account would remain intact. In fact, it was her who had broken the rules according to the next alert that she received. Instagram removed her post without specifying which policy it had violated, and action the company would later claim was taken in error. Venus recalled that it really angered her, She then posted a piece of her artwork on her page with a caption describing the situation and criticizing Instagram for declining to take action against the harasser. Minutes later, as comments were flooding in from other people describing their similar experiences on the app, Instagram shut down her account altogether. Social media sites have shielded from liability for user-generated content, meaning that they're free to decide who and what is allowed on their platforms. And according to the HuffPost by choosing to silence the victims and protect abusers, Instagram not only tolerated harassment but encouraged it. Now, her case isn't an isolated occurrence. In July, when accusations of sexual misconduct started to pour in against a disgrace to celebrity photographers Marcus Hyde and Tamur Amik, a number of models used Instagram to speak out about their own alleged experiences with the two men. Instagram reportedly disabled the account belonging to photographer and art director Haley Bowman after she used it to accuse him of assaulting her when she was a teenager. Upon regaining access to her page, she said she felt as if she was being punished for calling out a rapist. Similarly, about after model Susanna or Sunana Nash posted screenshots reporting to show Hyde asking her for nude photos of herself in exchange for a free photo shoot, Instagram took down the post and threatened to delete her account. Now, Instagram, uh, in this story, pretty much backpedaled stated that they were going to look into it, and then after a few other things that occurred, it seems to me on this it's a pattern. And notorious for pretty much censoring, uh, shadow banning, and pretty much silencing a lot of people who tend to speak out. And if you speak out usually on social media about the platform itself, they kind of crack down on that too. Uh, I've talked to many people, especially in the adult industry who kind of feel that Instagram is now targeting them, even though they don't post anything outlandish on their site. It's kind of like the first thing that comes along in their mind that kind of comes out 
though it's not the same story, but they kind of feel that Instagram is unfairly kind of cracking down on them and not on the people that should be backed down. Now, you read this story. I don't know about you, but I think it's – I hate to use this as – I don't know if it really is a teaching moment for them because this is almost kind of like a simple ABC, especially if somebody sent the photos, you can see said photos, and they could easily kind of go into the system and see what he sent and what he said. Is it – it's scary enough, I guess, to be a woman on a social media. Uh, guys kind of think that because you're behind a uh, screen here and that you're not going to actually see him face-to-face, that you can just come out and say anything, which I actually feel bad for uh, a lot of people on social media because they have to see this daily and undergo the harassment is there anything that can be done? And, and in this case, what could Instagram have done? Oh, God, we're going to go down that rabbit hole. Um, so here's the deal. Unfortunately, and I feel really bad about saying this out loud, but this happens so often, and it is on both sides. It's not just men. Women do it to, to I'm sure, male celebrities as well. Um, Probably not as often, but I'm sure that influencers on social media that use social media specifically for forwarding their livelihood, um, I'm sure they do get harassed like that from on both sides of the point. So I'm not I'm not going to just say it's men. Um, However, the keep your head down and, and be quiet about it so you don't get punished for saying I don't want to stand for this is awful. And the fact that Instagram did that and then had to backpedal and say, no, that was a mistake. No, it's not a mistake. The person told you what was going on and that should have been taken care of and you should have done it and you should have looked at it. And, like, it's it's not an algorithm. That's a person that's deleting that. You don't just go, if you send something in, it deletes the person that sent it in because I know that can't be right. So if a person looks at it and sees a person's genitalia, I don't care if it's man, woman, child. It should, well, I do care if it's a child. But if it's a man or a woman, it should be that that person's account should be flagged, deleted, removed, blocked, whatever needs to be. Um, there are too many people out there that hide behind the screen that all of a sudden get really, you know, big and ballsy about it. And like I said, on both sides of the coin, all genders between female and male, um, that they didn't used to have that place to hide, you know. And so it just gets, it's, it's very scary. It's very, very scary out there. Um, and I'm sorry that you had to go through that. It, it should have been handled a lot better than it was, 100%. I just found that insane. It's, you know, far too many times we see where the one person who is the victim, this is why a lot of people who are victims sit in silence because they come out and they get clobbered or they get harassed even more so for trying to shed light on something that is wrong. They're not coming out to 
uh, you know, play a tit-for-tat game here. You know, the thing is, right. is that at first she ignored it, she continued, and then when she spoke up, it's, I hate to say it's when the system kind of failed her. Yeah, and it's not even that she just ignored it, though. She she blocked it. She did what she was supposed to do without going so far as to call him out on it, and he created another profile because it takes all of 35 seconds to do so. Right. And, and then continued the harassment. So she was not free of that harassment mm-hmm. from that person. Yeah, it's just I was uh, I was pretty much I don't even know the word to use when I read that story because it just it shocked me so that I was like even after all the things that they probably could have went to go into the site actually take a look at what he did and then say hey you know what yeah you're right you know hey next time come to us and we'll take care of it you know but instead it was kind of like hey well you bullied him and we didn't see anything that he did. And uh, it just speaks a bad uh, example, and uh, it kind of puts out a really bad thing out there for people who this happens to quite often and don't know where to turn for fear of you know, losing their page or being banned on social media or having to go away. No one should have to go away because of someone who is continuously acting like a jerk. And I don't know. I just, it's, Well, even beyond know, that, it's the fact that it, you said you said it yourself, you should, you know, they should go into the account and be like, next time, instead of doing it the way you did it, you should come straight to us. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because if I came straight to you, this is what happened. Like, that doesn't right. make me trust that anymore as a, as a female on social media. If I post something, which I did tonight, about, you know, and it was a joke picture, but, you know, me doing a facial regimen, you're welcome to go take a look at it. I have no problem with it. No filter. Oh, I forgot to put hashtag no filter. Sorry. Um, <laughs> hashtag but, no filter. <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where as a female on social media, I have to be very careful about what goes out there for fear of what's going to come back and what kind of comments are going to come back and what kind of DMs are going to come back. Like, that's not a safe place anymore. Not that it really was that safe to begin with, but there was that illusion of safety at one point. And now that illusion of safety is even worse because they are they are shielding people that are not acting like they would with their mom. You know, they're treating people that's somebody's daughter, somebody's sister, somebody's wife. That's somebody's husband, son. You know, would you treat your dad that way? Would you want somebody treating your son that way? And yet they're doing it. Would you want somebody treating your daughter that way? But yet they're doing it because they're behind a screen. You can't tell who it is. By the way, I did not mention it. If you are tuning in and listening to us here on page one, you can also follow along. Actually, one of the things that I don't think I've ever done that, of course, you, the listener, you're always welcome to, especially if you're on the Blog Talk radio platform listening to us, you can actually chat with me 
And if I can see it during the show, if I have an opportunity to respond, definitely will respond. Or if you have a comment, uh, definitely you can always do that. I, you know, even though it's us doing the show, I always say anyone's more than welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be careful with this as I open it up, but um, we will listen to your comments and suggestions. But if it is something that's a little bit way outside the zone, even for me, I will hit the dump button. (laughs) (laughs) You'll um, get the hook. Yes, the proverbial hook. Um, Yeah, but you can also follow along with us, and you can actually leave your own comments. Uh, For me, over at uh, News Comment BTR, you can hashtag page one BTR throughout the night, and if you also have show suggestions or something that you want to hear, let us know that as well. Uh, Mary, of course, is on Twitter at Blue Eyes Mama. Thank you. And You're welcome. <laughs> okay. we'll and that's that also name. Instagram, and yeah, it'll, you can find me. Posted yes. some good pictures over there. There you go. Actually, I did there just you go. Is that is that an actual photo, or is that actually a uh, or is that that's like a photo. A, that is a hundred percent photo, no filter. That's not a. That's not a like a. What do you call those? Yeah, a filter where you put the little like cat ears or whatever. Nope, that's a hundred percent a photo. That's me doing some beauty regimen stuff today because I had some time. <laughs> so I got to have some fun with it. <laughs> and if you want to find out what I'm talking about, you can uh, find it online somewhere. So yes, yeah, so I actually I just. Uh, <laughs> Here's I was traveling along. Actually, it actually stopped me from what I was doing as I was uh, actually trying to get ready to hey, talk about go. our next. <laughs> That's the point of Bye. the pictures, right? You get you to stop and read. All right. <laughs> well, very interesting story out of Seattle. Um, one in which I'm kind of, at the same way, glad, but at the same way, I'm actually kind of nervous about because I think as we get closer to Monday, you're going to get a lot of people out of the woodwork that will have uh, either one opinion on one side or the other. But Seattle schools will not allow unvaccinated students back from winter break. You heard correct. The Seattle public school system is warning thousands of students that they will be excluded from school after Christmas break unless they get in compliance with Washington's vaccine laws. The school district posted a notice online on December 20th that stated, end quote, student records must reflect updated immunization status by January 8th, 2020, or students cannot attend school until the required information is provided to the school nurse. An estimated 2,000 students are not in compliance with the vaccine laws. Families of these students were notified via email, postal mail, and a letter sent home from the school. The district is hosting three free immunization clinics over the winter break to help students get in compliance. One clinic was held last week. There was one on December 30th, and there was one today. Uh, one of the parents stated that we got a letter saying you've got to get these vaccinations. We got it all done. Luckily, we could get into the doctor. Some students out of compliance are missing the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. Washington state lawmakers voted to get rid of the personal or philosophical exemption for the MMR vaccine after two measles outbreaks sickened 87 people and sent the state into a state of emergency. However, students may still receive exemptions for medical or religious reasons. 
According to state law, school districts were supposed to start excluding students out of compliance 30 days after school started this fall, but they're pretty much just getting around to it. Now, I I know a lot of people are not going to like this because there are a lot of people who are against vaccines. I get it. You have your own concerns in regards to it. But when it comes to being in a public place with a lot of people, and even as adults, we know when we're at work, if one person gets sick, and if they're carrier A, more than likely, somewhere along the line, no matter how great you think that your immune system is, it's going to happen to you. So yay or nay on the fact that Seattle is pretty much cracking down on this and telling students, hey, if you're not vaccinated, you're not welcome back. Uh, good. Bravo. Um, I, I, I know that people, <laughs> it's an opinion, so please forgive me if you want to if you want to enlighten me with the reasons why you don't need to be vaccinated, by all means do so. Um, and I'm open to hearing them. I'm 100% open to hearing your reasons for it. And if you have scientific backup for it, that's even better. Um, what I get back to is there were measles and there was an outbreak and they had to shut down school because of an outbreak that normally would be stopped if everyone had their vaccine. So I, I am, I'm, I'm a vaccinator. If there's anti-vaxxers, I'm pro-vaccine. Um, I, we, we almost got rid of polio completely just by having the vaccine. Um, I get some of the reasons why some people don't want to. I do. Um, but until I can, I can see 100% proof that you can stop that stuff without having the vaccines, I'm, I'm going to go with, yay, vaccine. Um, so, yeah, pro-Seattle. Good job. Here's the thing. I remember back in and the day. And it wasn't like they weren't notified. They were notified. So it's yeah, not they were like notified. It the Here's the thing. Back in the day, that was the rule. They didn't care about your thoughts on it. You had to have all your shots updated because they were trying to avoid an epidemic and losing a lot of students to one particular sickness. Now, of course, you couldn't really stop it at different points, and some people got certain things from outside, but at that point, now you can't even do, you know, like your kids at, uh, you know, in at, at daycare. You know, if they even get a hundred point three temperature, they're calling you and telling you to come pick up your kid. So, right. It, it's to me, it's common sense because why would you want to get the rest of the population sick? And, you know, because of something that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just kind of, I'm for it. The I'm thing is, though, the, yeah, the thing is, though, a lot of people are going to tell you, but my child wasn't one of those that got sick. My child wasn't one of the ones that brought in the measles for the outbreak, which, again, I get that as well. But your child also can carry that in, whereas my child that's vaccinated cannot. Right. Hypothetically, so yeah, I'm 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 for it. I get it. I understand it. I understand how people are, you know. And, and a lot of times, it's just people can't afford getting stuff back, you know, getting into the doctor, or they don't have any insurance to cover for insurance. 
If they're having free clinics, then you have no excuse. Go in. Get your shot. Be done. And they've had three chances, so <laughs> you have right. no excuse not to go in and get that done. So, yay for Seattle. I mean, I, I, I'm i all for that. And, yeah, if you don't get it, unless it's, like I said, religious reasons, I, I get it. You can get your exemption for certain mm-hmm. things. But you, the other ones where you know it is, like, it just will get out there and cause an issue, just get the shot. <laughs> I think we talk about this so often, especially this time of year, especially when I, I know I talk about the flu shot, and I know there's, like, a ton of people who have their own thoughts to it, and, of course, the wrong thought that it causes the flu, which it does not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just for your sake and for everybody else's sake, just get vaccinated, please. Uh, the Pope. In the news <laughs> a couple of times this week. I did not yeah, talk to... The always in the news this time of the year, though. Come on. You know, yeah, but... It was kind of more or less for other reasons beyond the reasons that we normally kind of remember him for. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess, first of all, Mary and I usually go over like a few things don't discuss what we're really going to say on this because we like to keep it the same way that we probably would keep it during phone conversations that we have back and forth here. But I guess, did you see, and I'm kind of going outside the box here because there was a Pope story before the other one kind of broke, but... Mm-hmm. Did you see the woman that tried to grab on the Pope and then he slapped her hand away, said something to her, and he later apologized for it? I don't think he had to apologize for it. I don't think Quite he had frankly. to apologize either. I'm 100% on your side on that one. I don't think he had to apologize. She went after him. And I'm yeah. sorry, fight or flight. I, I, pope or not. I know that a lot of arms and hands reach for the Pope on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that he has to be immune to when somebody comes after him that the first thing he does is immediately I would do that. It was a not and it was an automatic reaction. It was not a Yes it was. I loved it. <laughs> it was not a I don't like you, get away from me. It was oh my God kind of thing. So I mean if there was one thing that they kind of thought it I guess but no. That that made the Pope a little bit more human. I mean like he <laughs> He's like you saw the look in his eye, and he was like, "What are you doing?" No. Yep. The hand away. And I was all for it. I was like, "Well, thank goodness, man." I was like, "I know other popes would have been like, oh, it's okay." No, it's not okay. It's not okay to grab anybody that way and pretty much pull them towards you like you're, you know, like you're the I, only person I that can meet someone right the woman now. Afterwards, and kind of like <laughs> say, "Hey." What the heck? But yeah, I I don't blame him at all. <laughs> no, at all. I don't either. I do I was like, not no, either. No, why are you apologizing? No, please. That I think that's what even endears him more. Probably is that he's human, just like you and I, and has emotions, and when something's wrong, yeah, it wasn't like. You know, she lightly touched him and then went away, and then he went back over there and pretty much yelled at her face, like, why did you touch me? No, it wasn't that. Right. If you saw the video, she's literally dragging him back over there into the crowd. And, yeah, that's... And, like, come with me kind of thing, yeah. Right. Yeah, she was attacking him. Like, I mean, not, like, assaulting him, but, I mean, yeah, assaulting him. You know, like... 
she she was doing undue harm to him without, like, not necessarily physical harm, but, like, he was freaking out. He freaked out. His face, he was freaked out. And, yeah, it was like, good on you. The Pope is human. Look at that. I mean, I know he's the pontiff and all that good stuff, but he is human. Yes. I don't know. But speaking of the Pope, also this week, uh, the Pope (laughs) has brought up something that I think that we've mentioned time and again on this show. Uh, Pope Francis has called for people to put away their mobile phones at the dinner table and get back to talking. Of course, also citing uh, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph as examples. He said they prayed, worked, and communicated with each other. Uh, we have to get back to communicating in our families. Uh, now, the Pope is an avid user of social media and often allows himself to be snapped with pilgrims for selfies. But he says, I ask myself if you and your family know how to communicate, or are you like those kids at meal tables where everyone is chatting on their mobile phone, where there is silence, like at a mass, but they don't communicate. And then he went on to talk about uh, at certain points of people who are taking photographs during Mass, where he says at a certain point, the priest leading the ceremony says, lift up our hearts. He doesn't say lift up our mobile phones to take photographs. It's a very ugly thing. Uh, And he also said that it's so sad that when he's celebrating Mass here inside the Basilica and he sees lots of phones held up, not just by the faithful, but by also priests and bishops, which comes to my question, and I know what the automatic answer is going to be because it's probably what I am going to say. Have we become so – what's the word I want to use here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have we become so distracted from reality that we feel a need to record every little thing and Take a not picture or it, doesn't, let... or it doesn't exist. Yeah. Pictures or it's not true. Photos, videos, or it's not true. I've heard that I don't know how many times. I get I get it if you take one or two either kind of like before, maybe like a quick snap doing if it is appropriate. But I don't see the whole thing to literally recording everything. I go to sporting events sometimes and I do see a few people who are always recording things on their phone or uh, concerts. Uh, I remember a few years ago going to uh, see Janet Jackson. And at one certain point, people I think kind of forgot where they were at and were literally recording it when they tell you before the show, no long-term recording. And you actually did see uh, – uh, people coming up and asking those people, hey, you got to put that down and stop recording. We don't mind a few seconds, but when you start going into like a few minutes or then putting it on like Facebook Live and then recording it as if it's like an actual like HBO special event, it kind of goes outside the norm. And the funny thing I want to kind of add to that is that a couple of years ago, I had an opportunity to go and see Paul McCartney. And Paul at that point he said, you know, it's kind of amazing. He said, here I am when I play the new stuff. I don't see any, like, phones up. But I know 
that people were recording when I played the old stuff. He's like, I look back up at the crowd, and all I see is like cell phone lights. That's all I see. Because <laughs> I don't see people anymore. I just see cell phone lights. But <laughs> we've become that type of society where it's, I don't think people enjoy anymore or get that, I guess, that instant Polaroid in their head moment of remembering it, and they have to remember it through their phone. I'm kind of in agreement with him on this one. Especially with the whole thing of families who get together at dinner. You and I both recall, 20 years ago, if you were at dinner with somebody, you didn't have a cell phone to stare at. You had to talk. Right. Yep. And we've become so much... We talked about 20 years ago. That was only like 10 for me. Come on now. (laughs) We've become so much of a cell phone society. What's the first thing that happens when everybody goes to dinner? Everybody pulls out their phone. Oh, not at my table. (laughs) Not at my table. Here's the thing. Um, Now, I agree with you 100%. 99.99999% of the people out there that go out to dinner, um, the first thing they do is pull out their cell phone once they sit down. Um, At my – when I go out to dinner, when I go out to dinner, when we're at the house, I don't – like the cell phones at the table, but if they end up at the table, it's, uh, I, you know, it is what it is. But it's just a couple of people. When I go out to dinner, the rule is the first person to pull out their cell phone pays for the entire dinner. Otherwise, it's, you know, split the check or we fight over it at the end of the dinner. But you want to pull out your cell phone, you're paying, dude. And I'm going to order the most expensive thing on the menu if that's before we even get our drinks. End of discussion. Just throwing that out there. Um, I do know that during discussions, there's been plenty of times when I've been at dinner that we've been having a discussion about what have you and we're talking about something and we think we're, you know, like we want to fact check something. That's that's okay. Oh, well, we, you know, we'll argue it back and forth and it's like, wait a second, we have a Google machine. And then we do it and then we put the phones back down and then we go back to our conversation. That's in the course of a conversation. Um, not just sitting there staring at my phone because there's nothing to do because we're waiting for the waitress to show up with our drinks in our bread basket. Right. So, yes, I agree with you. Um, I, I've gone to concerts. I went to one in, around my birthday in October. Um, yay, NSP. It was an amazing concert, and I have pictures from the concert, and I do have a very short video from the concert. But there was a lot of the concert that aren't in the pictures, that aren't on my my video, that happen, that are memories that I'm going to hold on to for a long time. It's like people have forgotten how to use their memory. Right. They don't remember things because, again, we have a Google machine. We have our phones. we We have our Instagram story. We have our Facebook feed. We have, you know, albums where we can store all these things. And we've forgotten to use our memories and our eyeballs. I got to tell you, being here in Chicago in the last 15 years, I've been pretty blessed to have two World Series titles, three Stanley Cup titles. And while I did not go to one of them, um, I went to the others. And especially for the Blackhawks, who won about three titles in about a few years span, I went to all of them. And the one thing about Mm -hmm. that is that I took a few pictures, a couple of videos 
But I think most of the time I kind of forgot to take out my phone because I was enjoying the view. Mm-hmm. And I remember those things as more vividly than I do the video that I took. Because then I look back and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that moment. But I remember the things in my head from when I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I can remember exactly where I was sitting. I can remember exactly, you know, the vision of the – it wasn't even ticker tape. It was like cut up uh, pieces of confetti that were falling down. And they're coming from the building, and it really didn't start until the cars uh, or the trolley cars came up up the street. And just the scene of the street after everything had left and the people who pretty much followed the cars to the main stage, those things I remember. I didn't even take video of it. But I can just as vividly mm-hmm. tell you that than the video that I took that day. Mm-hmm. It, it's and you should amazing. have gone to that other World Series one. Come on, that was historical. The reason we're laughing, people out there in the land, if you don't know, is because I am a Cubs fan, and the one he didn't go to was the Cubs World Series, Um, and that is because he is a Sox fan, and there's there's uh, reasons. There are reasons you don't do things. I don't think people in other cities really understand that. (laughs) 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 And, and, And it's tough to explain. You know, if you live in Chicago, it, it's it's interesting because people are like, I don't get it, man. You got two teams, it's both different. It is, and at the same time, the thing is, is that if there's one thing that Cubs fans and Sox fans both agree on, is the state of the Bears and the Blackhawks and the Bulls. That's pretty much all, the only other, like single team. Everybody agrees on that. Everybody agrees right. on the Bears. You can be a Cubs fan or Sox fan, you agree on that. But yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I so. think you got the Mets and the Yankees, right? They might I understand. Nobody, it's not nobody as really, rivaled, I guess. You know, nobody really cares about the Mets and the Yankees. You know, well, it's the Yankees. You know, That's boring. So it's Mets and Yankees. Sorry, New York fans. Right. <laughs> um, Homer had to make an appearance. But uh, I give homework assignments on here, as you know, quite frequently. And I, first things first, it was a story that came out this week. Kind of surprised, not really surprised. And this whole thing, uh, speaking of keeping it retro, um, uh, while the MP3 may be convenient, uh, or MP3 may be convenient, but the vinyl is still the superior format. Music lovers know this and help make this new record possible. And for the first time since Billboard began electronically tracking music sales, vinyl records have hit a sales record of 973,000 vinyl albums. That means that more people bought records in the week of December 19th than any other week throughout the 2010s, 2000s, and 1990s. Some of the top-selling albums from that week included The Beatles' Abbey Road, The Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, Queen's Greatest Hits, Michael Jackson's Thriller, and Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. And I 
kind of just gave away probably a few of the albums that did make my list tonight. But <laughs> it's amazing that even now, and I grew up on the vinyl record, <laughs> and speaking of memories, I remember a long time ago, um, my dad, who played a lot of records, and I think where I get my love of music from and my diversity of music, because if you look at my music portfolio, it can span anywhere from the 40s to today in every different genre. And I remember the first Beatles song that I heard and that my dad had on a record was Come Together. So, you know, it's it's amazing that vinyl, even now in this age where people, I don't know if it's for a collecting reason or for any reason, but I think that's kind of shocking, don't you, that vinyl sales are at their highest? I mean, it, it surprised, I don't know about shocking, but it did surprise me. I, and But then it is, vinyl is a more pure form of music. Like you get to like really feel it. It's so much less. I mean, I like digital music. Don't get me wrong. Um, I like having my music on my phone and I can have it anywhere I go. But if I really want to sit down and just have like a glass of wine and just zone to something, I would love to have a vinyl record. I would rather have a vinyl record. There's something warm about it. It's kind of like a book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Absolutely, so. and I still have bookshelves, uh, multiple, with books, with hard covers and soft covers. And, yeah, there's times when I would rather have that physical book in my hand to read. Plus, you can read better on a plane than a physical book than, you know, your phone when it runs out of juice. Right. So with that being said, uh, the homework assignment this week for our top five list this week was if you could have five vinyl albums in your collection, if you were going to have that, what would it be? And well, as always, huh? I was going to say, I have, I have a vinyl collection, so are these supposed to be ones that I don't have too? Here's the thing. It can be what you have or don't have, because I'm kind of open to this, because if it's a top five list, so pretty much have, don't have, uh, ones that are like important to you, your essential five vinyl albums. If you mm-hmm. could go, if you were going to go someplace, they say, hey, you're taking five vinyl albums with you, here's your record player, which ones? Mm-hmm. Oh, are you asking? That's my ask? Yeah. All right. All right. No particular order. (laughs) No particular order. All right. Here's mine. Um, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, 1814. Um, Mm -hmm. That was the first CD that my mom bought. So to me, that's a weird thing. But, yeah, like of the CDs that you could buy, the first two CDs that made it into my family's collection when CDs came out was Rhythm Nation, 1814, and Slippery When Wet. So, big Bon Jovi fan, but Janet Jackson went out, so that's my nostalgia. Um, Miles Davis, Bye Bye Blackbird. Mm. I have that on vinyl. It's amazing on vinyl. If you have not heard it, 
that is the I I yeah the best version of Bye Bye Blackbird. I don't care about the words. I don't even care about the lyrics of that song. It is amazing. But then the rest of the album is good as well. Um, Stained, Break the Cycle. I would like to hear that on vinyl. I have not yet, but I think that would be an interesting um, acoustic for that, um, considering the kind of band that they are. Uh, Rush, Roll the Bones. Although, if I can't have Roll the Bones, One Little Victory is a nice little um, side for that one. But any of the Rush albums, really. One, anyone, I'd be fine with them. Particular Rush song, big fan. <laughs> There's only one Rush song. That's the only one that I will never play. Is Tom Sawyer? You can keep it. I hate that song. Uh, come on, song. I'm, I'm gonna try and find that one single on vinyl, and I'm gonna send it your way. <laughs> and it would get broken. Like, oops, it fell. It must have happened. By the way, for you folks that don't know, uh, and please don't do it, but <laughs> one. <laughs> A song that Mary does not like and hates with a vengeance is Tom Sawyer. It's Tom Sawyer. I hate that song. Um, and then the last one is a new one that I've been listening to um, basically on repeat. It's uh, NSP, which is Ninja Sex Party. That's right. I said Ninja Sex Party. Um, they are a comedy duo. Um, and they're pretty uh, – they have a pretty big following, but it's, it's still kind of uh, – they're not um, – Paul McCartney, yes, um, but they're under the covers three album. That's their most recent album. Um, I've had that on repeat since it came out, and it's so good. Um, they do a really good job, um, and to be a cover album of the songs that are on there, and they do include a Rush song, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, so those would be my five um, honorable mentions would be Queen's Greatest Hits, because I do enjoy them as well. Hmm. So there you go. So you went with five and an honorable mention. So One honorable mention, not like 17, mister. I don't have 17. I don't have 17. So I did have five, um, and I labored back and forth over this list. But now that you have mentioned Miles Davis and a think uh, the one album everybody talks about, Kind of Blue, I'm not including that in my list. I'm actually mm-hmm. just putting that out there. I think that is one of the top jazz albums of all time. Um, it is a good album. Uh, but my five that I chose, uh, I chose Abbey Road from the Beatles. Um, the one major reason why Abbey Road is my favorite is because I could pretty much listen through all of it, and but the last three songs on that album uh, are actually my favorite. I'm not going to say which ones, because if you never listen to Abbey Road, shame on you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, My other album that I would bring, uh, Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder, uh, which Mm. we'll probably point out to you is his, like, Masterpiece, probably among all of his, his so many Stevie Wonder albums, they probably could have made the cut. Um, but I went with that one. Uh, then I went with uh, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. And the last two are probably going to shock you. Um, the next ACDC. album. No. The fourth album. Actually, 
I'm going with uh, the Dixie Chicks taking the long way, which won and swept at the Grammy Awards for a bunch of things, but all the way through, powerful album. If you ever have the CD, definitely take a listen to it. Natalie Maines has always been one of my favorite singers. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually remember a long time ago, she actually acknowledged me over on Twitter. I, like, geeked out. And actually she asked me my name and what it meant. And I was like, unfortunately it meant nothing. I know she was, like, expecting, like, a big, huge backstory to it. And I was like, it means nothing. Sorry, Natalie. And that was the end of our conversation. Um, Aww. It was my friend that day. But um, And then the fifth album. It's actually one that a lot of people don't give a lot of attention to only because it's Neo Soul, but I think this one kind of like kicked the door down for the Neo Soul movement. And if you ever wanted a mood album or if you were with someone, one album that you could play from beginning to end and probably get lucky on is Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite from Maxwell awesome album that I don't think gets enough proper credit even to this day because pretty much mm-hmm. the entire album is like I said you can listen to it and then you'll be like oh that's it and you went through the entire album and the honorable mention that I had is not a music album it is actually a comedy album and uh-huh. I'm not going to say the word that's in the middle but Richard Pryor's that blank is crazy my dad had this album, and we actually do still have it. One of the first comedy albums I ever had a chance to listen to, because my dad had Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Jimmy Walker, all those albums. The funniest album, I think, and it was actually a lot of people say that this is probably his, besides you know other albums that he did, was probably more or less his funniest, or the first one that really kind of like exploded him to stardom, was that one. And if you've ever had a chance to, like, listen to some of the things on the album, it goes so fast. I think it lasted – It wasn't, well, it, it cut it, I'm pretty sure, for time. But it is hilarious. And I actually uh, – that is on my list, honorable mention, besides the other ones that I mentioned. So um, love it, love it, love it. And that's my list. Wow. I actually want – the album round. I went outside the box on that one because I was thinking, I was like, well, what album do I... I I tend to think back, and of course I own a bunch of Janet Jackson albums, so anyone that mom had chosen back in the day would have been fine. Rhythm Nation, you know, or Velvet Rope, or any of the other ones, love them all. But, you know, there's just certain artists, I think, you and I can both agree, you can listen to it, you can listen to the entire album a few times. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's pretty fun game, I think, to probably think about. Which albums would you buy? Um, any genre. Actually, and it's sad, what got left off, uh, probably Frank Sinatra, because I'm a huge Sinatra fan as well, <laughs> got left off. Mm-hmm. It comes in kind mm-hmm. of like, it comes in close. Uh, because I remember I bought one, it like cracked, and I was like really mad. And then I went back out and bought it again. Um, and if that one cracks, I will go and buy another one. I don't care how many of them I have to buy, I will buy it. 
But yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Bing Crosby for me, definitely, for the older generation. Um, I really like Carol King. A lot of her albums are really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had I have a lot of those as well, but they weren't you know like if I like these are the ones that these ones are the strongest memories like Roll the Bones. I know Rush is a big deal. Like a lot of people don't like Rush. I get it, um, especially with Geddy Lee's voice. I understand that. Um, my voice is lower than his right now, kind of thing. Um, but Roll the Bones was what introduced me to Rush. And then I went back and listened to Power Windows, and I went back and I listened to uh, Twenty One Twelve, and really got into their music and really liked the artistry of it and the storytelling of it and the way that they just their musicality, you know. So these are the ones that give me like my my feels. And of course, a shout out to Chris Rain and Michael Jackson's Thriller. That's like automatic. So I was trying oh, yeah, to kind of great like... albums. Yeah, they're those are great albums. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like that's guaranteed. So I was like I tried to think a little bit outside the box on that one. So mm-hmm. and I think yeah, we yeah. could probably do a whole show on what we think are some of the greatest albums of all time because there's just way too many. And even if you start going into it, I mean, you heard tonight, I mean, Mary's ranged from, you know, jazz to rock to, you know, I mean, it just it ranges the gamut. There's so many great things with music, and yeah, it's it's awesome. So if you have your own favorite, share it with us online. And let us know. We'd be glad to hear it, and maybe we might uh, talk about it next week. But for now, it kind of looks like time has snuck up on us. And I know. Do you have anything fun. to uh, add here to tonight's show? Happy New Year! I hope your resolution made it past the three-day mark. No. (laughs) Take care of yourselves. Welcome to 2020. This is 2020. This is 2020. Um, That was closer. Just really self-care people, mental health, and, 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 like, love. Like, throw that love out there. We need more of that than the stupidity that seems to be reigning. That's all I have to say tonight. Not going to go into that. But, yeah, so I can agree wholeheartedly on that, and I will definitely back those sentiments up times infinity. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited here. Uh, We've got a lot over the next few weeks and months. Hopefully you will be joining us, and, of course, hopefully you will be following us. Uh, Mary's over at Lou Eyes Mama. I'm over at News Comet BTR. We're going to get better, or I know I'm going to get better, with Instagram and with Facebook, where you can also follow us as well. And, of course, this show is available, as always, not only on this platform, Log Talk Radio, but it is also available through the Apple Store. So if you do or subscribe to podcasts, subscribe to this one, and you won't miss any shows. But with that, the time has come. Uh, the, clock, the clock on the wall says we're out of time so for Mary I'm LeVar thank you so much for listening happy new year uh, I don't think there's like I said anything going on this weekend that's big but except the NFL playoffs and uh, I'm not going to pick favorites here I'll wait until the Super Bowl on that one but uh, thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week make it a great one